Disclaimer, this episode of Book Talk contains spoilers. I Kiss Sharrow Wheeler by Casey McQuiston contains elements of religious trauma and homophobia. Viewer discretion advised. Hi, Hi guys. guys. Welcome to the first ever episode of Book Talk. A podcast for all us book lovers out there to just talk about our favorite stories. We created this space for you to join in this conversation with us and to create a platform for all us book lovers to just talk about what we love. So, join us in the conversation today and become part of a community in this episode. With that, my name is Lexi. And my name is Elena, and welcome to Book Talk. So, I kiss Shara Wheeler. How do you feel about this book? You know... In all honesty, it was okay. Right? Okay. So I thought the same thing. And I wanted it to be much better, but it, it wasn't bad. No. Not at all. No. So overall, my thoughts, I want to say for later, but I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it either. So I want to also begin by giving a quick little summary of what this book is about. So... The story begins with the disappearance of the most popular and beloved girl in False Beach, Alabama, Shara Wheeler. Right. Chloe Green, the main character of the novel, and Shara's fellow valedictorian rival, breaks into the Wheeler's home hoping to find Shara in her bedroom. Within minutes of entering Shara's bedroom, Chloe is then startled by Roy Heron, the school's rebel, breaking in through the window. After composing themselves, a pink letter is found that was written by Shara that was addressed to the both of them. It informs them that Smith, Shara's boyfriend, has the next letter in a series of clues she left for them. So now we know that upon talking to like this football jock Smith Parker, the three of them kind of set off on like this adventure to find clues left by Miss Wheeler in hopes of finding her whereabouts. So in these three seniors search for Shara, they end up not only discovering more about her, but more about themselves which I find beautiful and very interesting. <laughs> and honestly, the toll of religious and homophobic upbringings and how that works. Chloe then places Shara in her family boat and in confronting her, it's revealed that Shara's feelings towards her are anything but academic rival. And relationships blossom between many characters and the religious hierarchy is ultimately tested by the end of this novel. To get into now the book itself, get into right. the nitty gritty. First thing that I want to talk about is actually basically the premise of the whole novel, which is mm-hmm. religious trauma oh, or religious geez. aspects. And I want to also say this. These are just our opinions And we are talking about a book. We are not directly pointing out anyone in particular. Absolutely. So I just want to make that clear because I don't want to offend any of our listeners either now or in the future. And it's also important to realize, too, that this book is really written in a negative aspect towards religion in general and what it can do for people in the LGBTQ community. So it's more just reflecting on that than anything else. It's taking pieces of the book and talking about it. It's not us saying directly that all religion is this way towards that community. Yeah. Right in the beginning of the book, the author basically gives a disclaimer. They're saying that she's going to be using humor to talk about <laughs> yeah, and the this epigraph. Book. And like, it's also interesting too, because she also stated in the epigraph that there would be 
homophobia too. Right. That specifically. Not even talking about the language because it's YA, by the way. And it has cusses. I was like, oh my gosh, YA in my day was like Percy Jackson. Or like Harry Potter or what was that like cat series? Do you remember? I have no idea what cat series you're talking about. But I thought it was interesting. And I think the reason she did that is because a huge theme throughout this book is religious trauma in general. I think that everyone in this book has experienced it. And I think that's why she talks about it is because even people who are, quote, in support of this idealism Mm -hmm. that church that the principal that this school is endorsing right they've all been affected by it well and it's interesting because all of these people who are already in false beach their religious trauma was like before the story right whereas like chloe is actually like we are seeing her live her religious trauma and like kind of reflect on it on page two you found that there was like a rock that uh-huh. had the Joshua twenty four fifteen. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Which, by the way, in most Christian households, that is like a staple. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, it's right there. It's where you take your shoes off. It's in the washroom. And it's there before you even get to the freaking kitchen. Right. So it's just like forefront of the household. It kind of sets you up for what you're going into. Right. That even a fake rock that hides a key has something engraved on it. So with that, it's almost like appearances are everything. I've got to preface this too. Chloe moved to False Beach, Alabama from California. True. Right? And the first thing that she saw in entering Alabama was Shara Wheeler on this gigantic billboard. And it was advertising something that said, Jesus loves geometry. And it was, I know it's bizarre, but I mean, that was kind of like explaining how Char Wheeler kind of like worked. And because of how beautiful she is, it made it so easy to see that overall theme. Another big part of that was like, she knocked the photo off of his desk. Oh my gosh. He didn't even, he didn't even look at his family in the picture he smudged his own face like he wanted to make sure there was no smudges on his face i mean how blatant is that of his personality i was like okay i mean you do you boo but right little sus well it's it's so weird thinking that he's like a principal he's a really smart man dude doesn't even notice this picture is dropped on the floor like yeah you would think like oh you left the picture was in the spot facing outward and all he cared about was what he looked like yeah i just just absolutely insane right so on the topic of mr wheeler sure i feel like he's like the symbol in this book of religious corruption because it's used as to like keep people in and you want to talk about fear too you can see that in smith because he yeah. talks all the time about how he has this scholarship to Texas A&M right. for football. And one of his main reasons to not do anything is he can't lose his scholarship. He doesn't want to do this. He doesn't want right. to do that because he's scared. Right. I thought one of the most interesting symbols throughout this entire book 
was that silver chain that she got from Shara Wheeler. With the cross on it? There's a quote directly in the book that says cross necklaces are a status symbol at Willow Grove, their high school. If your parents can afford to buy you a dainty diamond crucifix before you get your learner's permit, you're somebody. And it says then that Chloe's moms couldn't afford to get her one, even if she wanted it. So, I mean, at that point, you know, you talked about how appearance is everything. That goes into that as well. It's also saying religion isn't just a lifestyle choice, a spirituality development it's like even the way you talk about yourself and bring yourself up in conversation, how you represent yourself right. to other people in this town. Going back to the necklace, too, mm-hmm. you know, you see Chloe digging this out of the trash can because Shara threw it in there. Well, and then Shara went back for it so quickly. I thought that was just a beautiful representation, by the way, of how quickly, not how quickly, how desperate Mm -hmm. she was to let go of this thing that was like genuinely choking her and keeping her from being herself right her going back to even look for it it was like the fear thing fear of letting go of a specific lifestyle or faith it's scary right i don't blame her for wanting to go back to where it's safe but it's almost like in the bounds of safety It's not the healthiest. She even actually says at one point, I wanted to go back home, but I found that home wasn't always the safest place for me. That is probably like almost like a parallel to that scene because she could literally mean home. I mean, it talked about how awful her home life was. I mean, her dad was evil. And so it's like, yes, her home was not always safe. But it's also the home of faith is not always safe, especially in the sense of when you're a lesbian in Shara's case. It says in the book, you will never leave the gossip of false speech. I mean, her mom is still talked about to this day. I mean, there's like a whole page just talking about the stories they made up about her mom in the sense it's like, you're really making up stories, but then you go and talk about no one should gossip because <laughs> it's it's unfaithful. It's a sin. But you're the one that's starting the gossip. Right. So it's like you're having some inconsistencies there, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, that reminds me of that whole scene um, where Chloe was saying the most uncomfortable she is during the week is during chapel day. And she was saying that on that given day that she went in when Shara was still missing... And there was gossip going around about his daughter. He went and quoted a scripture to talk about. (laughs) Like, seriously, like, this dude is quoting a scripture about how gossip is not the way that Christ would want you to behave. Dude. And this dude, by the way, is changing ACT scores. And, like, lying and cheating and hoarding money and just a terrible human being. And he was like... Don't gossip, though. (laughs) On the the topic of his sermons, it talked about how they would bring in people to talk about modesty for, like, weeks. Weeks. And then they occasionally, quote, occasionally bring in someone to talk about the serious issues, like bullying and things like that. Oh, my gosh. 
And that's not to say, by the way, that their practice and their religion isn't important. No. It's just that that is the only focus. Right. They're doing a major disservice to these kids. They're only setting you up to live in false speech. Right. And I think about like how some of these kids, you know, Smith. Yeah. He's like up day I'm going to Texas. And right. yeah, that's like still southern state, but right. he's leaving is the point. Right. That is still a different culture. And if he decided one day to go even further west, mm-hmm. he's looking at a way different lifestyle. I mean the culture is just completely opposite. Di- like complete opposite. And you were right with what you said. It's a complete disservice. It's interesting because when they do leave, they're not going to n- know what to do or how to protect themselves and it's i know the fear thing they're not they're it's fear of omission like they're not telling the whole truth so they're just saying this this is just the truth but we don't know anything else the sexual education in this school they said that they had stuck it together with pieces of tape in the textbook so they're not learning anything that show eat on netflix is a documentary um like keep sweet and like pray and obey or whatever they would literally cut pages out of the science textbooks that disagreed with their views so that included evolution sex education like about planets right they were flat earthers bro oh my <laughs> gosh <laughs> so it's like yes this is a fairy tale but it's very real it's a very real thing yes absolutely So off the topic of religion, the next thing that I feel like is super important is the self-discovery and self-acceptance. The main person that I want to talk about is Smith because he is Mm -hmm. the stereotypical jock, right? And you think he's going to be like a total (laughs) Rory even comes out and is like, well, weren't you just going to dump her when you left? But he's like, I do care. Because, you know, the second clue Mm -hmm. for Shara was left in Smith's locker. Right. So they went to him and they were like, hey, this is what we did. And Rory is like, do you even care about her? And he flips his phone around and he shows him. How many times he called her. Correct. And he even showed her the GPS track of where he went and he had driven everywhere. All over False Beach. Which is interesting that he did that because she was at the marina. I think that's what it's called. You know what I mean? But, you know, we end up finding out that Smith, by that house party, he knew where she was. That is true. Talking about the self-identity part with Smith, that he had the most psychological and physical development than any other character. Right. He went out of his way to learn about the non-binary group of people. I mean, he asked Ash directly, can you explain it to me? He didn't even say at the point. That he was part of that community, but there were clues riddled. Riddled. First, second chapter. Right. Like, I'm reading it, first thought. I thought it was Shara's. I was like, whatever, right? You know, he probably just keeps that in there for her. But then it says dark complexion. And so Uh I remember I like Snapchatted you and I was like, dude, did you read this right? Yeah. Because I want to make sure I'm reading this right. Because at first when I just read the concealer part or the foundation, whatever it was, I thought because we're pulling the stereotypical jock thing, oh, 
he's cheating. We fell into it, dude. Yeah. We fell into the stereotypes. The next clue, you know, was talking about how he used to wear his sister's clothes growing up. Till he was 13. 13. And it was interesting because then Chloe asks, like, out of necessity or out of want or whatever. Right. She asked that question and it was ignored. No one answered her. Right. And then, like, you go on later, he talks about the situation with the flower. And he talked about, like, feeling switched, which at first I thought that he was going to be, like, transgender. Yeah. Even later, later in the book, (laughs) he then is asking Ash to put makeup on him. Right. And that's when he actually goes into, and it it made my heart just so happy. So happy. I mean, I was jumping up and down at this point because... He was like, I feel this obligation. I know that to be a football player, I have to be this. And then he talks about his jacket because it doesn't give him a particular figure, which that was. Yeah, that was that was was when I was like, oh, oh. it's a non-binary type type of thing. Right. One of my favorite parts of when anyone comes out in this book, they're just like, okay, which I loved i because mm. nowadays it's not that i'm saying coming out is not a big deal because it is it's definitely like an internal big deal but it's also like the reactions of people it's like oh yeah when i tell you like if i were to tell you like hey i'm part of this community and then you go and make a big deal about it even if it's a good thing Mm. Right. I still am in, I'm like, why is it a big deal? I mean, it's the society we live in today where it's like we have to talk about our sexuality because it's apparently part of our identity. Right. Not saying that it's not part of your identity. It 100% is. It's just it's like you have to share this intimate detail about yourself and then hope and pray that someone's okay with it. So messed up. So, yeah. I mean, it's interesting that you said this positive reaction as well. My hope one day is that if people come out, they're just like, all right, okay. that's cool. Yeah. Want to go get some coffee? I don't know why you right. told me that. Like, It's like, I kind of already knew a little bit. Like, Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, What are you doing next hour? Like, right. <laughs> it's just so hard. One, it is hard to come out no matter oh, no matter yeah. who you're coming out to. And I wish all the luck to people who are fighting that inner turmoil at the moment. Absolutely. Going into the next character, Shara Wheeler in that entire, the whole book. To preface this, first of all, what I feel we should have prefaced before we started, this book placates into cliches like nobody's business. So hard. And like you even start reading this and there's a quote that says people started turning their heads when they saw chloe smith and rory together right because it was the high school jock the high school nerd and the high school rebel all standing in the hallway you have this complete flip by the end of the book where the jock has come out as non-binary and he's growing his hair out right rory and him are in love chloe's had a softened heart the biggest thing that we see is shara wheeler she was looming over everyone right uh, girls wanted to be her guys wanted to be with her and then we come to learn she's kind of toxic and honestly i don't know that it's a toxic thing i would say it's more she's a very complicated individual 
kind of like Chloe, and I think right. that's why they match each other. When you're first reading it, it does come off oh as my gosh. manipulative. And almost insane, you well, know? And it's like they almost want to like set you up that she's the opposite of what everyone believes her to be. All of a sudden, the truth comes out, right? That she's been in love with Chloe this whole time. Shara went from this blonde hair, blue-eyed, quote-unquote, straight Christian to being out of the closet saying I'm part of the LGBTQ community. I didn't get into Harvard. I didn't want to get into Harvard. I'm in love with Chloe. I'm a do me. And she even turned her dad in. I can't believe that she turned on her family because like family is such a big thing. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? One, the fact that this guy is out there preaching to the world that he's like some great guy, right? literally preaching to the world <laughs> and then he goes and starts changing sat scores which now that i'm thinking about it dude you know how like at the beginning chloe was like well they have the best program and they have all these highest scores it was all fake <gasps> it was all fake why didn't i even think I of literally, that the the gears just turned just now <laughs> i feel so stupid <laughs> I mean, no, but seriously, guys, that was like the whole reason that Chloe even chose the school. Because her mom, who had lived there before and left, was like, you don't have to go there. But Chloe has this huge rebellious spirit. I think actually out of anyone, and it's ironic because Rory is, quote, the rebel. I think she's the most rebellious. One, she's a girl. Uh Uh-huh. You know, and her doing just the little things she would break these little rules every day though we read within the first couple chapters that the principal's office was like a second nature home to her and she was making a joke out of it because all her teachers sent her there for rebelling against the dress code and she admitted later if i'm gonna go to a school that won't accept me then i won't accept them right and it will and she even said i'm gonna control why i'm getting in trouble that in itself is like a whole other thing. It's like they make up these things because she doesn't fit into what we want a perfect person to be. They're going to make something up just uh-huh. to get her in trouble. I want to control why I'm getting in trouble. Going on to Chloe now with her growth. I hated her at the beginning. I knew the person she reminded me of. It's that one person in high school. But it's just so unkind in every right. nature, in every capacity it can be. And to see her soften. At the end, she gave up her most prized possession, the valedictorian, to save her friend, which Georgia got in trouble because someone saw that she had kissed Summer. Insert my eyes rolling to the back of my head right now because, I mean, that alone just tells you how the school goes. Georgia was about to be expelled, and she's a senior, mind you. Because she was, quote, doing something sexually inappropriate. Well, Chloe gave it up. She was like, no, no, no. It was me. I did want Chloe to come and swoop in and save the day. I didn't think she would do it at the same time. Right. Because I was like, there's no way. If you think about it, though, Chloe, because she's done all of these, like, little rebellious things, Mm -hmm. wasn't that big of a deal. Like, if Georgia were to come up and be like, yeah, it was me. Georgia would have had a way worse consequence. Chloe is described as the girl who got the 35 on the ACT, just one point away from being a perfect score. If you think of those kind of people you went to high school with, so many cliches fall into the fact that those type of people are rule followers. True. And that just goes to show 
another theme that we talked about the whole identity thing Mm -hmm. not everyone is as they say they are yeah but high school cliques don't exist you can't just divide a thousand people into 10 different groups and call it good that's not how the real world works anyway no remember when we were reading it you said it was like a little mini breakfast club yep and i it's like interesting because now all these guys all these people are friends Uh at the end which by the way is like the cutest group of friends i've ever seen because rory and smith are together which perfect relationship i was more in their boat than i was char and chloe yes yep me too i was going oh my gosh he touched his knee because what i had heard before i read the book was that there was like this love triangle and i thought that the love triangle would be between chloe rory and smith oh I wasn't expecting this. But then that scene where he like rubbed the spot of his knee that Smith touched. And I was like, I got it. I got it. There's no love triangle. It's just that these people have been ignoring their feelings for each other and projecting it on Shara, mind you. Now, what were your thoughts on the book as a whole? Like, what were your what was your rating out of five? When I was the first quarter of the way through the book, I wanted to throw it away. Me too. <laughs> and I feel terrible for that, mind you. The ending made up for it. A real hard thing for me was that there was no detail. Each chapter was like a major plot point. There was no intermediate growth. It was just like this happened, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened. You know, I thought at first it was so the author could do that for the readers so they could use their imagination on how they got there. But there wasn't any subtlety to getting to that point. Mm -mm. Like, for example, Chloe and her feelings towards Shara changed in one page. One page. And it would be like something if there was so much evidence. But the only aspect that had changed was learning that a handful of the things that happened on those notes wasn't Shara being manipulative. It was her trying to be a good person. But then she played with her. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, Shara played her... Hard. 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 Like, not even just with the clues. Like, you go back to that time when they were in math. Right. And she was, like, touching her arm. And by the way, I knew Shara had feelings for Chloe when she felt her pulse rise. Chloe was looking back on this memory, and she was like, you know, Shara one time pretended that she didn't know what she was doing in math. And she turned around to Chloe, and she was like, can you help me? Which, by the way, is like rule number one in flirting. Like, oh my gosh, on. Do you know how many times I turned around in a math class? I did the whole thing for Mean Girls when Katie turned around to Erin. Yeah, she was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I would turn around in like certain classes and be like, Do you know what we're doing? And I knew the answer. And they would tell me the wrong answer. I'd be like, Thanks. But I loved how for a YA book, not just the themes, but all the symbolism. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when Georgia was talking about that book, Emma? Chloe ended up finding a clue in a Jane Austen book. And that was one of the coolest comparisons she could make. The point of the book isn't for her to make everything right. It's for her to be interesting, Georgia says, slipping behind the desk for her things. And I think she is. She's this girl trapped in the same place she was born, so bored with what she's been. 
Right. And while that is, by the way, 100% explaining Georgia, but also I think is explaining Shara. And like she said, she it's not for her to make everything right. She made mistakes in this, right. you know? But it's for her to, quote, be interesting. And right. I like that she said the word interesting because that can be interpreted in a lot of ways. So, I mean, the symbolism in general in this book for a YA especially, yeah, is pretty advanced. Well, and like the need for one to see a LGBTQ community in a happy ending, Chloe's moms and Shara and Chloe, right? And Rory and Smith. Yeah. So it's like to see, it's like it's giving hope to the younger LGBTQ community. I mean, this book in the LGBTQ community, period. Right. I just want to say that like in all caps. It's <sighs> Because that is one of the aspects of the book that I genuinely thought was beautifully written. Because uh, community members that fall into the non-binary, they had people who actually used the proper pronouns. Right. And she even wrote them in proper pronouns, too. Right. And and so many people who are homophobic are like, I don't understand the importance of that. <laughs> like, this is like... That just gives me my a headache. biggest ick. Because they talk about respect they want respect from people right right you can't get respect unless you give respect they're not wanting to respect people who have different pronouns Uh the second the literal second their pronouns are disrespected it's the end of the world yeah the end of the world you know it's kind of like when i told you about going on a bad date you know i want to be a doctor and people are like okay, well, are you going to be a stay-at-home mom? And I would flip it and be like, would you be willing to be a stay-at-home dad? I and they're offended. And, like, start laughing at me as if I'm telling them a freaking knock-knock joke right. in the middle of dinner. I think she's playing a picture of what she hopes it would look like. It would look like by the end. Yeah, because like... That this hierarchy of religious mm-hmm. homophobia could just somehow be taken down and there could be some peace. I read her acknowledgments. Is that the end part? Acknowledgments. That Casey even grew up in this world. Right. She grew up in like the South, super religious areas. And she's showing the bad parts in a good way. Like they're not like super offensive. Like she's not coming out and being like, this and like you know what i mean like she's coming at it with humor and also a little bit of grace right all things considered of what she could have written because i understand it is a ya but ya can still be dark and she did it with grace yeah is what i come to and her doing that is it doesn't exclude an audience yeah you know what i mean because someone who is religious like finds out that this book is like quote anti-religion end quote right you know they're gonna instantly disregard it right and it's an almost it's not like a direct poke you know like she's not oh, poking no. the bear directly she's like poking it with like a really long stick oh, and yeah. like she's like you can't get me because it's not necessarily offensive and you know what she did with summer by the end you know summer and georgia are a couple now but she ended up having chloe go you know georgia aren't you kind of like worried She's really religious. Right. And Georgia was like, she's not, quote, uh, false beach. 
religious. Right. Or their school religious. She's religious with what so many people would consider just that intimate part of religion where she believes in her respective God and it is what it is. Mm -hmm. And then she goes on to say, and if you don't remember, I used to be religious. Right. She goes, I still kind of am. But it's just different. It's different. And, you know, I read this in a perspective coming from a religious background myself. And I mean, you'd understand that. I know what I believe in now and it's personal, but it needed to evolve. Right. So now going on what I had said, what do you give this book and with rating? What are some important things you want to like talk about? Like I said, I was not in love with this book. I give it like a 3.5. The ending definitely made up for it. Okay. Oh, 100%. See them happy at the end and like Shara finally like come to the full self acceptance in a sense. Yeah. That was like really sweet and really heartwarming. I just... I need more detail. I am a you got to tell me or I'm not going to see it type of person. (laughs) I get you need to like fill in the blanks yourself, but I kind of need a direction. And I said before, I have a pretty good. I have a pretty (laughs) good. I have a pretty good imagination. I've read. I mean, between me and you. You read Crime and Punishment. Jesus. I can't can't even get into that book. Okay. But even putting that aside, between me and you, we've probably read a library, right? Yeah. I've got an active imagination. I've been through AP art. There was not clues to go off of to direct your imagination, though. And I know there's going to be people that are going to argue with that. That's totally fine. I mean, I'm used to reading 800, 900-page books. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, that is part of it for sure. Or the fact that it's part of a series and I right and I mentioned this to you before I felt like this book was two books in one I feel like you know what would have been like really good is if it ended with Shara and her like on the dock you know what I mean (gasps) oh my gosh yeah and then like either it didn't even have to be like a whole other book but like even just like a novella or something because yeah if it would have ended like when they met on the boat and there was more detail of everything else I would have been 100% happier. Because them finding the clues was so cool to me. I'm a pretty mystery type person. I know you aren't. Not one Not even a little bit. (laughs) James Patterson who? (laughs) (laughs) I've tried to get her to read like so many James Patterson books. She's like, you're going to have. I have no desire. (laughs) She's like, you will have to kill me. If there is no romance. I don't want That's nothing. so bizarre. Like, even if it was just no smut, I need some romance. Because I grew up liking reading from Wattpad, okay? so From what? Wattpad. Have you ever heard of that? I thought it was Wattpad. Do you know how spicy those books are? Because they don't have to go through a publisher. <laughs> if there's no romance, I don't want it. Okay, so I do have, like, a fantasy book on my shelf. That is just fantasy. And I Interesting. am a little nervous. It's like this thick, dude. It's like four inches thick. Yeah, by the way, she's holding up fingers. <laughs> to give everyone it. a visual. It's three books long and they're all that thick. I've tried to get her to read Lord of the Rings. I even. can't. I, I read The Hobbit in school. I read The Hobbit in school. I want nothing to do with it. That's so weird. It's not good. Overall, the book was okay. It's definitely targeted to the younger audience. Right. I feel like maybe that was why she left out 
some details because it's For almost sure. like yeah oh maybe someone who is 14 15 is that considered the ya age i don't really know but like someone who's that age is not really gonna pay attention to the details like the details don't really matter and honestly my ap english self is going maybe the reason she left this out is like symbolism or like a theme the fact that you know we're we have to jump to identities in order to read this book i'm going like straight out of like ap lit and i'm just well and it's funny because you were annotating it for like symbols and stuff and i'm over here like (laughs) character development (laughs) friendship development like but that's why we work though because i didn't even go there I went for themes and symbolism, and then you were like, also, did you see how this character developed? I was like, no. To be able to understand the themes. You have to see that kind of stuff. Yeah, because that is what is used to illustrate the themes. Or illustrate the message that the author wants you to see. It's like the whole concept of, of Mice and Men. Yeah. Or The Great Gatsby, where it's like, it's just weird jargon, mm-hmm. almost. And then you reread it, and it's like, oh. Oh, makes sense. JK. So, would you reread this book? No. I wouldn't either. This is probably going <laughs> to sit on my shelf. Yeah. I mean, it was a good read. Don't get yeah. me wrong. And, like, there are parts that I actually, I do. I love them. I love, oh, and the stand that they all take against that stupid principle. Oh, right. At the end. Yeah. By the way, the fact that almost everyone showed up. I know. I was like, Even, like, what? the uber-religious kids who yeah. you thought, like, followed this dude. It's just, it goes to show, like, that is what honestly made me confirm Right. The religious corruption was him as a person. Right. It was like everyone was wanting to keep the picture perfect for him. Right. You know what I mean? Honestly, I feel like this is one of those books that you could analyze forever. You know what I mean? So instead of me just sitting here and talking about it for the next two hours, why don't you guys go read it and tell us about it on our Instagram? You guys can give us a follow as well. Our Instagram is at booktalk.podcast. One, we can get more episodes out to you guys. And you can let us know what you liked about the episode and what other (laughs) books you want us to read. Right. Comment. Even genres, guys. Yeah. We want to know what you guys want to hear. But with that, thank you guys so much for listening in to the first episode of Book Talk. We really hope you guys enjoyed our talk about I Kiss Shara Wheeler by Casey McQuiston and the important topics it covers. If you want to continue to talk about books with us, be sure to stay tuned for our next episode. Also, be sure to give us a follow on our Instagram, booktalk.podcast, to stay up to date on when the next episode releases. Also, give us a comment on what you thought of our episode or what you thought of the book if you read along with us. Thank you guys for listening. We hope to see you next time. Bye, guys.